This is a news roundy podcast and you're listening to NL Playoffs. Hello and welcome to NL Playoffs. My name is Gautam. I have with me my co-host Aniket. Aniket say namaste. Hello world. Aniket we are in uh, round 30 of uh, our podcast. Uh, we are recording this on November 1st, 2022 India time. It's about 8:15 a.m. in the mo- 8:15 a.m. I guess it's not in the morning because it's obvious. um we all we are we have the same number of episodes as the number of days on in in this month uh aniket november so we have we're up to 30 which is kind of a good solid number mm, looking back what we have a month's worth of uh, uh podcast episode so i don't know if that's an achievement or not but uh, i'm glad we've come this far i'm i'm also glad that we're looking at statistics from a new perspective <laughs> we will find something to match the number of episodes we are on every time but no i'm glad we've come this far and it's it's fun so let's keep going yeah well it's fun because sport never stops uh, there's always something going on every day literally yeah. uh, now if 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 you look at what's going on there is football is there formula 1 is there we have but i think we need to open with uh, cricket because Uh, that has been the talk of the town for all of us uh, so let's open with uh, t20 world cup all right yeah it's uh, it's the world cup season i think uh, there's cricket and then shortly to follow after i think we are four weeks away now from the football yeah. world cup so it'll be an interesting end to this year we'll have to, we'll also have to do a preview of the world cup i think uh, uh, we should uh, come up with some kind of a gimmick to talk about the world cup i think what we should do aniket is come up with a draft and pick our teams right pick pick our teams on the basis of your, who you think is going to win the world cup it can be from uh, your mind or your heart doesn't matter if, but if i get first i'm telling you if i get the first pick i'm going to do uh, pick belgium first i'm just saying go for it i'm i'm not i'm not getting close to belgium anymore So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you lost faith in them already. <laughs> Burned my hands. I mean, they've been dark horses for far too long. But yeah, I mean, this time I'm putting, I mean, not my mind, but my heart wants Argentina. So yeah, let's yeah, let's I see know. how it let's see how it goes. Uh, I mean, we all know World Cups uh, always leads to surprises, and uh, it is what it is. Speaking of getting your hands burned, I'm. I'm how many times have you burned your hands with Argentina? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, Messi has been around from what 2006, right? The yeah. 2006 World Cup in Germany. So it's what 16 years now. To be honest, I mean, it was not all like being very honest and frank here that it was not always like oh Argentina should win, but as uh, the clock has kept ticking and you know you're yeah. getting closer to Messi not going to be playing probably his last World Cup this time after. Yeah. So It's last World Cup. I was definitely rooting for them, and they were so close. Uh, and then even the one prior to that, uh, I was not rooting for Argentina, but I definitely wanted Messi to do something. Uh, and then uh, now it's like, okay, now all my money is on Argentina because uh, you know, yeah, he's a great player. I, I think he deserves it. I don't know about the team. Uh, they're playing very well though, so far. Uh, they're on a good streak. But we'll come back to football. Let's uh, get back to the World Cup. Uh, 
Indians actually care about. I mean, that's unfair because I'm pretty sure a lot of Indians will care about football World Cup too. But come on, it's cricket. It's T20 World Cup uh, that's happening. And uh, India has beaten Pakistan. So that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, we, we are, what, a good one, eight weeks, oh, sorry, eight days or nine days removed from uh, that match. Uh, speaking of great players, I know we have to talk about Virat Kohli. Uh, so... I watched this match live. Uh, it's crazy because on Heartstar in India, they show you how many people are actually watching the game. Uh, the maximum I think I saw was 1.8 crore people. Like, not people, but number yeah, of views, right? It's, it was showing 1.8 crores. Kind of crazy. i never seen that number on Heartstar before. Um, I mean, it, needless to say, that it was a crazy game, crazy ending. There was no chance. India needed to get, what, 60 runs of the last five. Kohli was batting. Kohli was the only guy batting because Hardik was there. Just was trying to hit every ball, but he was not able to get the ball off the square at all. Um, Kohli, like all great players do, he figured it out somehow when the chips were down. Uh, he was the only guy who was able to figure that pitch out. He was the only guy who was able to figure that bounce out, the pace. And he played an unbelievable and an all-time knock. Um, you know what I always think about, like the greats i'm not like the greats right we're talking about uh people who are like at the very very top of their game or very, like we talk about Kohli, we talk about tendulkar dhoni others others to be talk about schumacher hamilton um we talk about messi which we spoke about right uh ronaldo um now all these great players with age they still tend to remain great you know because an athlete's prime is what 26 27 to about 31 32 that that's their supposed prime but because of how great they are even when age catches up with them they tend to figure it out right it, the they might not be at uh the peak of their physical prowess now Cole, if you look at him you, you can say yeah he's he's still at the peak of his physical prowess but yeah but he's also terribly out of form right um but great players have this tendency to figure things out when the chips are down, when the team really needs them. They somehow, I'm, I'm sure it's a mental thing in my mind. They have a ten, they have a way to figure it out, like Messi does all the time. Now look at Messi in this uh, season, right? He has uh, goals and assists like normal Messi does. Um, great players tend to figure it out uh, in the long run, Aniket. I think it's also, you know, you... You're great because you've done it before. You know, uh, it's not like uh, Kohli's great because he played one spectacular in Pakistan. So he's done this. There's also this factor of been there, done that. You know, when you know yeah. you can, uh, you've done it once, you you can rely. And that's, I think that's where for when you dig deep, that's where the belief comes in. When you know you've done it once, uh, you have the ability to dig deep, as they say, and then, you know, pull a rabbit out of your hat and, this is one of, and this is what makes him great. Like, it, admittedly, admittedly, not everyone can do it. Like, you know, if it uh, comes to uh, me or somebody else, uh, God knows, you know, it's a 50-50. But being able to rely and that self-belief and uh, the determination, I think. And I think that that was one thing to, I wanted to add in this Kohli's innings was that uh, you could see determination, grit, right? It was not... Uh, is not uh, you know flat. It was flashy strokes. It was everything, but it was it was well calculated. It was uh, it was everything was meant, right? So it was one of those things where, uh, and I'm glad it worked out. And the way it worked out, my God, no one could have scripted this. There's no way he was going to play that kind of an innings 
you'd imagine it's destiny you'd imagine it was uh, it was meant to be because even he uh, after the after the match he said he didn't know what happened he yeah. had no clue how he did it um, he he i think he said uh, he still can't believe what happened or some to or something to that effect right yeah. uh, now some of because some of the uh, shots that he played i was look i'm an eternal optimist i i always retain hope even if it's like 25 of the last over or something i still have some hope but just looking at the match situation with 10 overs to go 8 overs to go 5 overs to go and given the type of bowling attack that pakistan had i thought they had no chance uh, because haris raf uh, shain shah afridi uh, naseem shah all of these are like premium fast bowlers that pakistan has right uh, you, you you still knew that there was one over of spin left but he was always going to bowl the last over because they are going to exhaust all the best options up until the 19th over now to play those couple of shots against haris raf in that 19th over um it still beggars believe how he played that shot over uh, long off or just straight down the ground of a good length ball because i've seen kohli do that a few times so i remember uh, he referenced the knock against australia in 2016 i think in the world cup where he played that unbelievable 80 i think he made an 82 odd uh, and he played one shot against james faulkner he was coming around the wicket and he just came, uh, came on the front foot uh, it was still a good length ball he hit it over extra cover on the up So such an unbelievable shot uh he also did uh, i think he played i don't remember which game it was he played one of his hips to to a six uh it was like almost like a flick shot off his hips of a good length ball over the, over i think a cow corner so between mid wicket and uh, long on uh so he did play some unbelievable shots but given the situation given the context of the game uh, given the bowler given the stakes uh, to hit a shot like that over the bowler's head for a six on a fairly long boundary i think he hit about 8 or 80 odd meters for a six was uh, unbelievable just he, and he apparently i uh, i was listening to him again after the match and he said he was thinking these last two balls have to go for a six no matter what because they need 28 at the time of eight balls um and he said and he all was all he was saying to himself was stand where you are don't don't move and just hit through the line because the bounce was true so he, that's all he did he just stood tall and just hit through the line and it just worked out unbelievable shot absolutely and uh, i cannot add anything more to that apart from the fact that i don't know it was destiny meant to be but i'm glad like kohli uh, shown the way he did right he showed he showed india team india the way and uh, one thing i did want to ask it's a controversial opinion so i wanted to pick your uh, brains on this so about the last over right so again let's not take anything away from india's win right so it was a spectacular win i think even ashwin leaving that white ball i think some that is some uh, you know presence of mind otherwise you can so easily be drawn onto that you know uh, try to make a swing at it maybe get an edge or something and uh, but i think the bowler was under like tremendous pressure right? i you could see i mean it was just an uncanny last over uh, in a world cup it is it is um, that tells you now you you are given a raw deal uh, once you're a spinner and you're giving uh, given the last over to defend 16 now 16 might look like a lot of runs but in today's t20 era 16 um, finger spinner bowling at the death it it's it's very tough now they made uh, they made the decision to make him bowl like these medium pace off cutters and you can unconventionally you know the uh, the wicketkeeper is one was standing 
you know behind like not at the stumps but little behind it is always a raw deal for him and once and he and remember he i thought he bowled really well except for those full tosses up until he bowled those full tosses he got the wicket of hardik pandya so he got a dot and a wicket then he got a single of dinesh kartik so he he essentially conceded one run in two balls that meant he they india needed what 15 of four up until that uh, and then they got a two and then there was a no so ball three, three runs of three balls right yeah he he got he conceded three runs of three balls so that meant they needed 13 of three oh was that it? 13 okay. of three okay yeah 13 of three and then he bowled then he bowled the full yeah. toss now kohli i think uh, you know uh, in in basketball they say uh, oh the players are working the refs because initially when the call goes against a certain player he talks to the ref and says hey he's hitting me he hit me on the hand so just look at just observe the player when he when when i'm going up he's slightly shoving me right uh he played uh, i thought he worked mareras mas a little bit because dinesh karthik the, the couple of balls before dinesh karthik got a full toss mistimed it for a single but it was kind of waist high uh, now if you if you had told me the that kohli six of that full toss was an over I'll, i'll 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 concede i'll take your argument if you tell me it's not an over i'll still accept that argument because it was that close it was inches right It was yeah. It was it was blurry. I mean, you know, you those are that's what makes sports sport. Those are the calls that can yeah. go either way. You might have the best camera system. You might have VAR type things, but there are some things you just can't account for. And I think that's the thrill of sport. Uh, yeah, it is. So he got so as as you it, if it was meant to be, that was the call that went for India, right? He got yeah. the six, but he also got the no ball. He also got the free hit. Yeah. So and because what thirteen of three. immediately changed to 7 of 3 7 runs of 3 balls uh and then the uh, uh, now then the odds completely shifted to india's favor yeah. there was no way because 3 runs 7 balls yeah you can still uh, add the mo- add add some more drama because dinesh karthik got out of 2 from 2 but uh, and also the presence of mind right of the free hit he gets bold this yeah. is where i think sharpness comes into play in those critical situations this is what i don't know if uh, if i'm saying something that is out of uh, uh style but dhoni had it right match awareness being aware of the match situation uh to run three of the free hit very well knowing that they would get those three runs uh, legitimately was because i for a second was taken aback for just a second because i thought oh he's bold and then they started running and said oh yeah that's right it's a free hit right so yeah, that is my yeah, reaction yeah. but that's that's all that matters uh, when you're in that situation right one second delay might have cost you one extra run because you could see nawaz was celebrating uh as soon as he, he bowled him technically i guess uh shine shah fridi was all it takes is one second you can see rizwan trying to say why are they running because that's the awareness of match situation i guess they did not have at the time and uh, well said uh, i mean it did this victory did remind me of uh, mahendra singh dhoni you know uh, just the way the team played uh, it was being yeah. sharp doing these slightest of these calls can actually uh, change the outcome of a game and i think uh, it is what that went well in india's favor and on another day it is things like this that will uh, you know take you down so on that day they showed up they did the right thing and uh, here we are celebrating 8 uh, days later on the podcast that is right yeah but i think what kohli did and I, we discussed this a little bit Uh, on our last episode as well when we were just reviewing the world cup briefly was i think kohli has uh, covered some shortcomings that the indian this indian side has in the world cup because 
as great a win as that was uh, now india played netherlands after that easy win they had to win it and they won it um they played south africa on s- sunday didn't look good at all and that exposed their shortcomings because uh, as as we said the key to the indian batting lineup is going to be suryakumar yadav he's the number one uh, t20 batter uh, in the world and he showed why he's so good but he's he's pretty much it now kohli can can't produce can't expect him to produce every game so uh, the uh, the openers are struggling big time uh, rohit sharma and rahul uh, uh, kl rahul are struggling big time they're wasting a lot of deliveries uh, in the power play it's not it's not the norm anymore but they have to find their form somehow and they they have been eating up some balls now if they have if they do stick to like 8 or 9 over mark they will catch up with the strike rate but if they don't they just wasted deliveries right so kl rahul seems to be woefully out of form um rohit sharma doesn't seem to be uh timing the ball as well uh i don't know if the captaincy is weighing on him that's just speculation on my i was part. i was going to ask you the classic question right anyone who gets the uh cap of the captain like yeah. you first give them benefit of doubt is the captaincy weighing on them uh yeah. with that being said uh, i did want to uh, pick your mind i mean i know we are nowhere near i think uh, what four games in right now uh so three games three, in for india three games right and uh What is your take on uh, Rohit Sharma's captaincy has anything changed since we last discussed this I think two episodes ago I I I don't know because I haven't seen him at least in this world cup I haven't seen him being cool because I saw him uh we saw the match against uh, South Africa now he did not have enough on the board to defend uh and South Africa had one big partnership and that's all that they needed right there was a, there was a drop I, catch I'm, too right i think it was kohli who dropped it was rather unfortunate and then yeah. rohit sharma dropped uh, missed an easy run out chance yeah so those are the two big things again as i said it's too small of a sample size for you and i to say oh his is not as good a captain as we thought he would be uh, because first thing is there is a difference between mumbai indians and the indian team which is He doesn't have the same set of premium players, right? And he, he it's not the same. I mean, let's be very honest. It's also not the same pressure. Come on. I mean, it, it's it's, you, you've pressure. got to yeah. give it that this is the World Cup. It's, Absolutely. <laughs> it's the Indian team. And um, anyone who has the Indian team has a lot of weight on his shoulders, uh, irrespective yeah. of who you are. And very few people yeah. can do it the way Dhoni did. So I think it's also unfair to expect mm-hmm. uh, Rohit Sharma to be yeah. uh, another Mahindra Singh Dhoni. But I think... Um, it is yet to be seen uh, his captaincy is yet to show right so far it's yeah. like it's never been that crucial where you know a captain's call has been made or some some at least i have not seen that where games have gone so far the batsmen have handled it for example the game against pakistan uh, we did uh, mess up the game against south africa but it is sport and there's still chance i think we're second in our group right so uh, hopefully we i mean i i'm cautiously optimistic <laughs> that we will uh, go ahead from where we are but it'll be exciting to see because once you step out from here that's when i think uh, that's where the money is right Th- those games uh, the games after stepping out from here is where uh, what makes winners winners and uh, remaining are the rest yeah well you you would think that they need to make the semi finals from here because they have what four points from three games they have to play bangladesh and zimbabwe so it, there has to be you would assume that as an automatic two wins now remember zimbabwe beat pakistan so this is t20 world cup where uh no this is a t20 format where any team can win on any day right so uh, 
it's not a given yet that they're going to make the semifinals, but they should make the semifinals because they beat, they've already beaten two teams now. Um, but as I said, it's still, I think the jury is still out on Rohit Sharma. It's, it's, we'll see what happens. Um, because so far, I don't think to me, he hasn't shown great captaincy material yet. Um, he's more or less flustered and is losing his school quite a bit. And I, I'm getting a feeling that he's running out of ideas pretty quickly on the field. That's just my reading of, of it. But now he can prove me completely wrong and they can make the semifinals and the finals and that would be it, right? So, um, as I said, we'll see. But uh, Suryu Kumar Yadav is the trump card for India as far as uh, the batting goes. And I think bowling, we are okay. We are not the strongest. What India is lacking, uh, that, and that something that I saw in South Africa is the balance, right? Because they don't have a Ravindra Jadeja, for example. Uh, they they are like either a batter shot or a bowler shot because they can't get both. Uh, they, there is there's not a decent all-rounder. There is Hardik Pandya, but we need another all-rounder. In the, and if Ravindra Jadeja was there, he would have given that much-needed balance. Because they did not have it, they replaced... Uh, Aksar Patel with Deepak Huda and he didn't, he got out for a duck. That meant they were a bowler shot already, right? So, uh, we'll see. The balance, getting the balance right is going to be really tough for India. It's t- Yeah, it's it's going to be tough, but uh, if anyone can do it, it's them. But I did want to get pick your mind again once more because uh, you follow cricket so closely on uh, the bowling lineup, right? So, you know, Bhuneshwar Kumar. He was uh, there. What did you think of him and Arjdeep Singh? How are, uh, what are your... Uh, what is your take on our lineup right now? Because I, I felt we lacked, uh, I mean, my two cents is that uh, our bowling lineup gave way against, you could see that in the South Africa game, right? So what what did you have to say? Uh, yeah, I th- but I think, well, they're not, nobody's Boomra. Nobody can be Boomra, right? So take that out. So minus Boomra, there is Arshdeep Singh, there's Boomra Shukumar, there's Mohamad Shami. Especially in the Australian pitches, you'll, you try, you tend to rely on your uh, fast bowlers. And then there's Hardik Pandya. Hardik Pandya has really come on as a really good bowler now. He's back to fitness, so he's, he's a great addition. Uh, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, Arjdeep Singh has been great. Uh, that was my one main concern going in, given his inexperience. But he's been great. He's proven to be a great swing bowler up top. And he's obviously a good death bowler because he specializes in death bowling. He has a great yorker. He has slower balls, all the variations, so on. Uh, Bhuvneshwar Kumar has, is also a great uh, death bowler. Uh, he's economical fairly now in the game against South Africa you can there's not enough on the board and as I said yeah all it needs is one aggressive partnership one big aggressive partnership and they went uh they took o, they took on Ashwin they 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 it was a pitch that was not assisting him at all he was trying to be as prudent as he can but as soon as he pitched full he was going out of the ground so I think it is too early to judge the Indian bowling unit right now. It's it's not as strong as it could be because of uh, uh, Bumrah not being on the side and also because of Ravindra Jadeja not being on the side, remember. So, as I said, it's not a fairly balanced bowling attack uh, because there are, what, one, two, three, four, five uh, right-arm, bo- no, four right-arm bowlers, right? That's a little one-dimensional. But then, what are you going to do? You're going to play your, the cards that you're dealt with. Um... I do think the bowling is going to be decent, but I think it comes down to their batting and their batting doesn't inspire me with a lot of confidence yet. So, yeah, I would agree. And to see the positive side of this thing, right? See, the glass is half full. So, like you said, I'm reiterating, we don't have Jadeja and we don't have Umrah. So, and we're still uh, 
fighting right so it's uh, it's yeah. pretty good it's a good place for indian cricket to be well for all we know whenever this this episode comes out india might play another game and they might look totally fine right yeah exactly <laughs> and, so and, and whatever we say might get immediately outdated but i think long a big picture i think uh, if they make the semi finals that is about par for india as, as far as their side goes now once they do that and if they do that uh where they go from there in the next uh, in the semi final and if they make it to the final is something that uh tells us about rohit sharma that tells us about the character of the side so let's do something uncharacteristic before we uh switch from cricket so uh predictions india versus bangladesh gautam uh, well, india i think india start as for favorites right now uh, bangladesh is yeah bangladesh did uh Uh, I think they won two games against. They won a game against. Uh, I want to say Zimbabwe, and I think they won against Netherlands. They sh- India should back them just to win uh, that game against Bangladesh. Uh, now Bangladesh is a fairly strong side too, but uh, you would back India to win it. So I think they should make the finals. They should sorry semi-finals. Uh, South Africa are sitting at five points in three games, uh, a point ahead of India. So I think g- given. the way the table is looking right now anything could happen there there might i don't think there's any more rain so there's not going to be much um, abandoned games so we'll see where uh, it takes india but i think india should qualify second from this group and that will mean i think that australia uh, one of new zealand or england we'll see what the game does today and then south africa and india should make it through that'll be interesting and i think among all these teams australia looks pretty 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 solid right now they are the home side but they have a really um, that all everything is clicking for them england are one of the favorites but they did lose a game so they lost to i believe sri lanka um so yeah uh, if 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 i have to place my money i'd place my money on australia new zealand south africa and india to make it to the semis Yeah and one more thing I did want to add so I think uh, I did want to touch up on this and we forgot so it's home for Australia right but let's not forget yeah. the India Pakistan uh-huh. match at MCG was packed right and it was uh, an atmosphere just to witness I, obviously I was not there but even on TV you could see uh, it was it seemed like what a classic match uh, of cricket it was wild. would be yeah it was crazy Yeah, by all accounts it was wild. Uh you can see, you could see all those long shots of all the people swarming like bees in the stadium it is crazy. So of course once uh, uh there was all these fan posted videos where uh, as soon as India won uh Chuck they played and uh, everybody was singing Chuck and all of that. So it must have been quite quite an experience to be part of uh, the MCG at that game. Electric, yeah. Yeah. Uh as i said there might be we'll have probably have to look out for some upsets because pa- uh, pakistan were defeated by zimbabwe after that so they virtually out of the tournament more or less uh, but there are going to be some uh, there might be some unforeseen results with either zimbabwe ireland so just have to keep a look out on those two sides as well just wanted to point that out yep uh anything else anikit before we move on to some footballing action no uh that's about it I think we covered whatever we wanted to. Uh let's see how the remaining matches go. That's all. Yeah, okay. All right. So let's move on to the World uh, World Cup and football. I say I guess another World Cup. Which is I think I saw you put something on the notes. I did not know this. 
so pogba is out uh, because he is uh, uh, suffering from a knee injury so let's see his agent said that pogba will miss the world cup after failing to recover from a knee surgery uh, again kante is not playing right ngolo kante is out of the world cup and so is pogba that is huge for france yeah but then uh, hey uh, they also have some i mean obviously it's a huge loss cuz again let's not forget they are the reigning champions right so uh, they are the world cup winners and uh, pogba and kante are big but they do have uh, interesting players to uh, replace them i i i can never tell the name of the mid, uh, real madrid midfielder who's french uh, his name is with t let me uh find out but he's going to be i think he's going to be a bright prospect uh to play in the midfield oh that's uh chomeni yeah chomeni right yeah or in chomeni so it's he's going to but be a his but i think uh, yeah but to me yeah pogba is a big loss but to be any any side that does not have kante in it and he was supposed to be there is a huge loss uh his his, his positional awareness and his interceptions cleaning up is so huge and that's how france won that world cup too if you remember pogba was awesome so was kante and they were just these midfield generals at the front and at the back let's be fair here i think kante makes pogba look good so he you does because pogba doesn't have to worry about one aspect of his game which is you know tracking back defending breaking those balls exactly. that are going so yeah and this brings me back to the time when uh, Frank Lampard was a Chelsea manager and he spoke about Kanté of how hard he tra- he basically Lampard was like what is in a match is how Kanté comes to every training session with that same intensity the same rigor and uh, he's just insane he will be missed uh, i will miss him uh, i think he's 28 29 now uh, Kanté yeah. so he has one more world cup there in him so let's hope to see him back but You know, uh, one thing I did want to talk about is. Oh no, he's thirty-one. So we'll see if he he's thirty-one. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, one thing I did want to talk about is, you know, the number. Of, I don't know. Again, I, I, this is uh, anecdotal. I don't have evidence, but uh, from what I'm seeing, just so many injuries this World Cup, right? Just so many players, and I feel it has something to do with the timing of the World Cup this year, right? Yeah. The season's going on, and uh, just everything is so crammed up. like they're playing multiple games uh i mean they anyway play yeah. multiple games a week but the calendar is like shrunk right so and Absolutely re- shrunk. and recovery is so important uh in modern sport uh which the players are not getting time for but one thing i did want to touch upon is you know how these injuries are and how players bounce back it's that's a, it's phenomenal right like if you see some of these uh, serious injuries people come back from it's just crazy to the point where you're not walking for a couple of months and then you you know you're on the you're ramping yourself up to play in a world cup so it's just a uh, you phenomenal human feat right like to have that determination that grit to come from an injury and play so uh, it's a different mindset because you have to start uh, feeding your legs again if it's an injury right yeah first that's the first thing you have to start walking but before you and then you have to start sprinting for like 90 minutes non stop and i don't know run for what 3 4 5 kilometers per game um kind of crazy do and to do it at the highest level is so hard they are aided by uh, advancements in science and technology and new methods of rehab and all of that uh, but yeah it's absolutely a feat of uh, 
human uh, physical prowess ah that's a that's another second or third time i'm using that term physical prowess today which is weird okay um, the i also saw that um, not saw varan is rehabilitating rafa varan rafa varan got hurt a couple of weeks and uh, 10 days or so ago uh, uh, and he left the field crying which told me that it is going Bye. to be a race Yeah, yeah it, it looked bad so i saw a post that uh, manchester united put up and and rafa rafa varan said on the website that he is on his way to recovery and he posted a pic of him rehabilitating no surgery or anything but it's just an injury that is there i, I don't know which part of the leg is uh, is injured but he's recovering and he's in a race now ten hag has said he's not going to be part of the united team up until after the world cup so then the next time if we see him is going to be at the world cup um so hopefully he gets in uh, because i like rafa varan i think he's a really good defender he's a solid defender i'm not going to say he's a, like a world class world beater defender but he's a mainstay um, he's world class i mean you can't take it away from him like maybe a drop in form but I- i'm not saying he's like the best of the best yeah and united did get him for a very specific reason oh absolutely like, uh, so yeah but i felt so bad when i saw him injured i mean like you know it's it's your world shattering in front of you and there is uh, yeah. nothing you can do it, it's it's mo- it's a dream for most of these people to just be at that venue right forget winning it yeah. is the next thing like uh, but yeah no it was it was just uh, heart wrenching to watch him just when he realizes he's injured and he's just weeping it it's 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 sad so it was bad it was bad but uh, we'll see i think uh, uh, if if varan pogba and kante end up not going to the world cup i think uh, france goes down one or two spots for me as far as the favorites go uh, because they they will again start as one of the favorites because they have uh, mbappe now yeah. we we've, we've kind of denigrated him last episode but he's still world class we're not nobody's denying that so uh, we'll uh, keep an eye out on that but that is a huge loss if uh, varan also doesn't play Oh, by the way i saw this online uh it's basically that uh, a prediction was made that the world cup final would be between argentina and brazil so i don't know if you remember but past there was an octopus that used to pick out draws i don't know if yeah. it, if this jogs back but it's not the octopus but again someone ran some fancy machine learning algorithm and they were like oh yeah. so the maximum uh, probability for the predictions are on argentina and brazil which help i mean they're good teams man like you can't you cannot write brazil away they are a fantastic yeah. team and argentina have a good record uh, even though i cheer for them i don't know how far they really honestly going to make it uh, so we'll see and time will tell uh, yeah yeah uh, as i said we'll do a preview of the world cup by picking some teams and then we can analyze it that way yeah. uh, picking our favorite teams one by one uh, have you watched any of the premier league uh, this week aniket i did i i did catch uh, the liverpool leeds game so oh, yeah. it was uh, it was some game i mean uh, again uh, i there's so much to unpack here like in premier league just for example liverpool so for those who don't know liverpool lost right so it was i think uh, they initially uh, mo salah scored for them and then uh, i think leeds equalized and then somerville uh, i think oh, it's the other way around leeds scored leeds first scored first on a very giveaway right uh, yeah it was a howler yeah. of a goal and then uh, mosala scores back and then somerville scores um, uh, in the death or very close to the death, 88 or some minutes uh, into the game and well uh, leeds 
played pretty well. I mean, uh, they got the job done. Actually, they're in the relegation zone. It was a it was a must win for them because Jesse March is under a lot of pressure. Uh, the last four straight. Yeah, and so he was under a lot of pressure. And to be very honest, I didn't expect them to get through that game winning. Uh, just because it was Liverpool. I mean, I was like. So when someone scored, I I actually stood up and I went like, okay, cool. I was happy for Leeds, uh, but Liverpool look uh, distraught. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I I have a theory. Go on. Okay, so uh, you see uh, the uh, this is you see this with uh, Jurgen Klopp sides. I say sides as as if this is a trend, but you saw that. Uh, with Dortmund, remember if, if one of his last years at Dortmund, they were just struggling, and they, I think, the lang, they were languishing, and ended up somewhere in the mid table, right? And then afterwards, he was let go, or he he resigned. Something happened, and then he moved to Liverpool. So you, see, this is a bit of a um, a characteristic of a Jurgen Klopp side because the system that he plays relies on perfection from everybody, right? It is if you are off possession, you have to press, press, press. It is high, high press from everybody, right? Which means that if you find yourself out of position or if you if if a team beats one defender that means everybody everybody else is an, is out of position which means they are left uh, scrambling at the back so if if you are defending and if you are liverpool you have to absolutely make sure that you are exactly in the right position as you ought to be and if you find yourself out of position you are going to be exposed especially at the back and because they press so high they are going to be left open at the back right and all it takes is one mistake here and one mistake there the margin of error is so low uh, and and when you are and when you have the ball as well and if you find yourself out of position there and if you give the ball away it's going to be like 60 to 80% or 90% chance of scoring i think um so the the kind of system that uh, jurgen klopp plays um if one domino falls the rest also uh, start falling so this is what happens right and now once those mistakes tend to happen uh players are not confident as much anymore like you see Trent Alexander-Arnold committing those defensive lapses here and there uh Virgil van Dijk now I've not rated him at all I think he's a good defender but I don't think he's as good a defender as the world makes him out to be uh, I mean uh, uh so sorry I had to interject yeah, at that ahead. point I mean <laughs> uh so just for the record he yeah. was pretty damn good last season. Like, I mean, and the season yeah. prior to, like, you can't, I mean, sure, this season, I agree. This season, he's not, uh, you know, world class or whatever. But uh, I think it'll be unfair to dismiss him off on this season. With that being said, I did want to add something. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I think it is fair to dismiss him in a way because I think he's been overrated a little bit. I know he's been, he had a really good last season. He, I think he was probably in contention to be the player of the year last year. Now, uh, having said that, even I think uh, the year that Liverpool won, he was great. But trust me, I think he's a little overrated because, again, as Liverpool with systems go, uh, he he is great. Uh, he has great position awareness. He knows where he has to be. But if you look at how he plays the game, because I've because I because I was thinking about this a lot because the world kind of raves about Virgil Van Dijk, and I was like. I never got it, so I was. I, I've been. I've watched games where I've just been observing him. So all he does is makes sure he's in the right position, which is great. Every position, every defender needs to be aware of his position. But I think tracking, uh, if if he has to scramble and chase a defender down, uh, or if he 
uh if he if he has to like close somebody out right he is little, he is very passive on those fronts i think he relies on positional awareness and bit of finesse now that are only probably two characteristics that a center back ought to have but he needs to have some uh great tackling ability he needs to have an ability to close defenders out head it out clear the ball uh he doesn't ha- i think personally speaking i don't think he has a bit of nasty in him that a center center back ought to have so okay i mean there's a lot to <laughs> unpack here well he's a great communicator he talks to everybody he yeah, directs yeah. everybody so uh i mean again i i think uh i i agree with a few of your points i do think he's a he's a, positional play i think 10 on 10 right and i think at one point when he his first season with liverpool he was almost uh, yeah. no one dribbled past him or something he had this weird record where almost nobody went past him and stuff so i give that i i do think uh, i understand where you're coming from when you say tracking back and stuff i okay of he does track back i think he's you know he's put in some last ditch tackles but this comes back to how liverpool plays your point larger point right yeah. he's often left in a situation where it's tough to recover and and there is a setup of liverpool this whole gigan pressing that or in ragnik's words heavy metal football that they uh, play i love yeah. saying that so uh, <laughs> the heavy metal football that they play uh, i think it leads uh, you know the team and you've already uh, touched upon this where uh, you know if one thing goes then you're left in an awkward situation and recovery by itself becomes difficult so i think we are seeing uh, uh, that play out as well in this liverpool's team and let's not forget uh, liverpool at this point look resigned like i don't know what it is but you were right this happened with klopp's dortmund uh, you know where uh, i think that that cohesion that drive I, it's dried up or wh- whatever it is i mean i'm not in the dressing room but from i am no body language expert but i think even when someone will score the goal you could see klopp just you know i just kind of like sigh like you know you know and it is that sense of resign and Virgil van Dijk had was throwing his arms around and I'm like the goal's gone bro you throw your arms around nothing's happening yeah. and you know this is the time when people start looking at each other and then uh, you know everyone's looking at the other person because now it's a blame game right so th- this is where it was interesting and yeah Liverpool do look resigned I had a question for you how important do you think Sadio Mane was in hindsight for this team or is it just something else because i think they've replaced him with pretty good players like this darwin nunes there uh, right uh, who's doing a decent job and i th- come on let's not take anything away from their front line i think they're freaking fantastic so uh, but i still felt i should prod that question like uh, do you think yeah there there is still darwin nunes he's he's little up and down but he's good this jota yeah um he's still mane is still a big loss but Uh, Firmino is seen as like the I guess least effective among those three but this uh, Mane had I think Mane really wanted to go and he left he left for greener pastures as they say he went to Bayern yeah who look good um yeah still they should get the job done they shouldn't be languishing at 12th at the table right or 9th in the table with 16 points three losses in the last five games um and they lost Nottingham Forest yeah, I don't also, think right? Mane so Mane is a big I think they I think they've lost to two relegation teams now in I mean when I say relegation I mean in the relegation zone right two teams Leeds and before that Nottingham Forest as well so uh, I yeah. think they lost to uh, two teams back to back which is uh, troublesome and 
it'll be interesting to see i mean i've always regarded klopp as a great manager but it does seem uh, that this is really going to test the team and uh, yeah. we'll come to know what the team is made of your talk about looking resigned it is tough because remember uh, i'm sure all of his training sessions are way too intense uh, that wears on the side to especially when the results are not going yeah. so the chips are down you're mentally you know a little exhausted because you are spending as much um, energy if uh, not more right because yeah. you're losing right and then the training on top of it and it's just this and they play an intense style of game it is heavy metal football as you said so uh, it is going to be a tough well they're probably out, they're, they're out of contention this year anyway uh, because uh, i will see what they do in the champions league again doesn't doesn't look really promising there also because again remember there is a world cup there is champions league there is a premier league fa cup league cup jeez there's so many things going on so it is bound to have an effect uh this is probably a year that is just that's something that they're going to strike off and come back and plan for next year i think but I, i'm i'm just saying as it is but we'll i see. think that's a good point to also segue so there are other teams we should discuss Uh, yeah, we should discuss Arsenal. Yeah, we should discuss Arsenal. So uh, they won against Nottingham Forest five nil, pretty convincing. They are still leading the table. Yeah. Uh, what do you have to say, Gautam? They're looking solid. Uh, they do what? What they won four of the last five, and the one that they did not win was a draw, sitting at thirty one points, two ahead of Manchester City. Right. So yeah. now look, twelve games in. Right. They're looking. They they are they look the best side so far in 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 the league. that me- there are still 26 games to go uh, I- arsenal did arsenal play man-, man city yet this year i think they did right yeah okay so that means there is another game for yeah i think they beat city i think if i remember correct um they haven't played uh, they haven't played man city yet this year they haven't played oh no they haven't played uh, man city yet because the game got postponed. postponed this was the uh, when the queen died i think this was the week and they um, beat so united they didn't they they right they uh let me see arsenal united real quick i'm trying to remember there's so many games man okay so uh, manchester united i thought they beat them okay uh, manchester united did beat arsenal 3-1 uh in september so they haven't played city yet they have to play city twice that means there are either points to win or points to lose it might well come round to that uh they well there's also liverpool who are who are going to be raring to go against them whenever they play them right so it's not uh, done and dusted it's not a given yet that going to win the league but they've firmly put themselves as one of the favorites to win it this year um so far the best team uh, uh, in the league uh, they all the games that we thought they're probably going to say you know all those mid table teams that usually pe- uh, all the arsenal tends to slip up to they have won them convincingly So again we've seen this with some Arsenal Wenger sides as well up until Christmas they looked like the best side and then it's downhill from there now it's a different setup Arteta is great looks like he's doing wonders there uh, the addition of Gabriel Jesus has been awesome um, Saka has been great Xhaka has been great so uh, everything is clicking for them right now at the end of the day it's a long it's it's a it's a long game this 26 it, it, it's uh, a it's a long season also. plus there is a world cup so everyone goes comes back i don't know how this world cup i mean you it's unpredictable how players come back from this world cup you know yeah. they can come gassed out like you know you're playing for that your is, country that is yeah that is the huge variable this year yeah, right yeah so you don't know how it is but 
nevertheless uh, it's good to see arsenal on the top after a long time and, and let's not take anything away uh, they're top by playing good football you know exactly. so unlike uh, a lot of the previous times where they were on top and i not always agreed with them being on the top even come christmas i remember they lost to liverpool and I, they gave leicester they gave leicester the premier league away and so they did they did i i was so happy about it because come on the, speaking of underdogs man yeah there's a story we should talk about it uh, sometime but uh, with that being said arsenal are on top looking good uh, let's talk about your team manchester united so ronaldo so manchester united played west ham right and they managed a 1-0 win so i used the word managed responsibly but it was a tough game uh, let's yeah. not take anything away and ronaldo was back on the pitch so he started and what did you make of the game from your perspective so he did start uh, midweek also uh, europa in the europa league, league. Yeah. and now uh, scored which, right which he they scored, won. He scored yeah he did score yeah yeah and and then uh, he got the start uh, against west ham as well now eric ten hag i think seems to be slowly working through the squad and i think you can see those effects now i always said right at the very beginning we discussed whenever ronaldo i think ronaldo was benched and he got suspended after that you as a manager you have to make sure that you are the boss there is no other way of saying it as a manager if you are the manager of a side especially in football it's not the captain that influences thing it is the manager that influences everything so uh, you have to be able to stamp your authority and he, i think he's done that pretty well while navigating all the politics that come with Manchester United because it's such a huge club um so i think slowly his system is seeping through the side um it's not the fancy ajax side that uh we saw uh, when eric ten hag coached them uh because premier league is a different beast altogether it, you have to be able to grit out a few draws or grit out a few wins like they did against west ham and like they did earlier as well so uh looking promising uh, uh they are aiming for the top 4 this year which is going to be really tough but that is a realistic goal right now especially because uh, of this kind of start that they have kind of the squad that they have the system is running through well uh but again the world cup is such a huge variable there is just it's going to be like before world cup and after world cup because it's such a huge break in the middle and all the players who are going to play in the world cup are going to be mentally if you imagine imagine you're in the middle of a league playing the league and then switching switching gears to the world cup world cup seriously and then coming back again and switching back to the league again it's so it's going to be draining as if premier league or as if like as if these leagues were not intense enough there's a world cup in between just great job from fifa right seriously and uh, you know i always as a kid uh, you know everyone who played football i think at one point uh, dreams about playing you know in the premier league or playing in some league but now when i look at it from an outside perspective it just feels that it is too competitive right i mean like i used to play football for fun i think it's uh, it's a, it's a it's serious business now. now it's it's serious business now and uh, i mean it was always this way maybe i'm just seeing it the adult in me is just seeing that part of it right now because uh, when i was a kid it just looked like going there and having fun but right now it's crazy and this world cup i mean um, let's hope it's good because it's going to really yeah. decide a lot of seasons uh, and uh, other things absolutely absolutely um let's but quickly man, yeah sorry let's if you're done with united you want to say anything more because harry no, no, maguire no, was ahead. back uh, your captain was finally back again he played i think 45 minutes in this game 
और इन द यूरोपा लीग आई थिंक ही पेड फोर्टी फाइव मिनट्स हैरी मैगर एंड देन ही स्टार्टेड दिस पर्टिकुलर गेम सो इट्स गुड टू सी एवरी गेटिंग टाइम आई ऑल्सो थिंक कॉन्ट्रोवर्स ओपिनियन बट आई ऑल्सो थिंक रोनाल्डो इज गेटिंग टाइम फॉर वर्ल्ड कप आई थिंक टेन हाउसो अंडरस्टैंड दैट ही हैज टू गो फॉर वर्ल्ड कप बट आई डोट थिंक स्टार्टिंग रोनाल्डो जस्ट बिकॉज ही हैज टू प्ले इन द वर्ल्ड कप ऑनेस्टली आई थिंक ही इज हॉर्सेज फॉर कोर्सेज गाई ही लुक्स एट द टीम दैट इज पुट इन फ्रंट ऑफ हिम एंड देन जस्ट पिक्स प्लेयर्स दैट आर बेस्ट सूटेड in his mind to win i i would highly doubt if it's uh towards the world cup or is giving a chance if you, I mean, if he again, was thinking on those fronts you would probably get him on after 65 or 70 minutes yeah no again it's unfair to say he's getting a chance only because of the world cup again he scored over the you know midweek game uh, ronaldo yeah. scored so definitely and come on never come on never rule ronaldo out. i mean we are we are and also he's, he's still going to be yeah he's automatically going into the portuguese portuguese national yeah, team yeah. there's no But, way he's not going to be Uh, and the other thing you want to talk about also aniket was the brighton and chelsea game now graham potter uh, since he was appointed uh, to chelsea from brighton this is his first time back to the amex uh, what do you make of the game brighton won pretty convincingly uh, and he he said after the game potter said that uh, they made him look like a bit of a fool because he were, he had what pulisic and who was the other guy on the left they he made them uh, wing backs and that did not work out to his plan yeah i mean uh, well first things first uh, i think uh, potter came back to his ex home right the team he left for uh, uh, chelsea so and well uh, this no sweeter revenge for the previous team to come and uh, trash your new team in the way they did with that being said i think just so many things went wrong uh, for chelsea uh, on that particular day i think first of all the first two goals i mean the two own goals out of the four goals scored so it was extremely clumsy you could see thiago silva was not up to his game he just looks st- he's been playing every game and i think he's yeah. 38 or 39 and it just seems unreal uh, and you could see the kind of uh, he was not in his element whatever the reason was he saved I, at least a couple of goals he did he, there was a fantastic i think goal line clearance which he messed up i think he passed the ball yeah. correctly and then he he did a crazy goal line clearance to save and he had another goal line uh, clearance as well yeah exactly so uh, with that being said uh, yeah i mean chelsea were just off i mean uh, i think even graham potter got tactics wrong like i think he himself said i, I didn't watch the press match but uh, post match conference but uh from what you say i think uh, they it was clear that he got a lot of the things wrong i mean obviously riza balaga got substituted half time right so mendy came in so i think i didn't be- see why uh, i didn't i do not know if he was if potter saw something with uh, kepa that he subbed him out because that seemed like a very unusual move because i thought he was all right i think there was an uh, i don't know i'm guessing there was an even it felt really unusual for me too especially when you were down you know especially i think 3-1 at one point you were down yeah so he made some uh, yeah interesting substitutions Uh, but i think ariza balaga was injured or had a knock or something like that i mean he was at one point then that was, makes sense at one point he was holding his uh, thigh hamstring so i'm not sure okay. exactly what went in the background but nevertheless uh, chelsea lost because he's got in the start ahead of mendy and he's he's looked act damn well good man really i was uh, so i i, I, I personally like ben, mendy so i was surprised that actually ariza balaga uh, started uh, Yeah, uh-huh. Mendy is the better sweeper keeper, I guess. But no, I'm just saying. Uh, uh, I watched an earlier game where Kepa was just playing he's, out of his mind. Let's not take anything away. He's playing. You know, he's 
he's keeping his spot and he's doing a very good job to keep his uh, yeah. place in the front uh with that being said again um you said christian pulisic uh <laughs> he's a very interesting topic i don't want to go into details but you know the us national team really sees him as their wonder boy and he's been struggling to play for chelsea now he's been under three managers right it's not at yeah. one point it was like oh uh, tuchel is not playing his kind of football but i think now it's the third manager who's in and he's not been a regular for uh, yeah. quite some time so it's interesting but yeah you know pulisic uh, pulisic is good um now we is he going to uh, now playing for the country and playing in a completely different system is probably going to i don't know if he's going to captain the side or not but um he's going to be huge uh for the united states uh, and again uh, it's a totally different beast you look at for example you look at jaka the granite jaka is a great example now before the season he was not playing well again, at, at all against uh, with arsenal but whenever he, whenever he plays for like switzerland he is so good so there is a difference there is a market difference paul pogba is a great uh, example too he was was miserable at united but when whenever he goes and plays for the french national team is always good so it might be a completely different he might be a completely different player once he plays for the america Let's for hope, the American national team. Let's hope it's that way because uh, uh, you don't want to see a player suck on uh, in a World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, but I think having said that, I think we've spoken enough football, Aniket. We should move on to uh, Formula 1. And really uh, willing to hear from you this time as far as Formula 1 goes. And uh, maybe if Lippi wants, our producer Lippi is producing this, she can chip in too if need be. but you last last no not this sunday but the sunday before that you were at a formula 1 race in austin tell me all about it oh yeah it was it was freaking fantastic uh, i had a blast so it was very before you, before you said you said when we spoke you in a fit of uh mad enthusiasm you bought the ticket is that how it happened it that's exactly how it happened so the qualifiers were on saturday Uh, I watched it on TV and then I went out for dinner I came back uh, and at 1 a.m I'm not able to fall asleep and I was like just scrolling and I'm like okay um, I get a message from my brother saying you know uh, some expletive saying that dude you're in Austin how can you not be there so I was like man this guy is making sense he's never made more sense before so at 1:30 a.m I start googling for tickets and uh, i'm like i was no hope because i mean the reason we couldn't buy it was a when it was expensive i was like oh let me take a few hours to decide and i think 8 hours later they were sold out so then finally i found these general admission tickets for a reasonable price i mean they were still expensive but uh, like i got these tickets at like 130 and i'm like okay i'm just buying them i bought them and i was like okay let's go and then next day morning i got up super pumped excited and then uh, just got made my way to circuit of the americas it was it was insane so uh, over the three over the weekend there were like 400000 people and on that particular day was 200000 people was the estimated crowd that was there so it was just insane i was uh, i was a general admission ticket so you know there are these basically you have access to the whole race track but no seats so i took my camping chair and uh, i found uh, i i went and asked them which is the best place to sit they said turn 6 so i i made my way right to the fence in the front shamelessly planted my seat right, right in front of the fence <laughs> were you sitting in one of those grass patches yeah exactly okay 
so you could see uh, but then again it was a it was a fantastic it, the, the race in itself was amazing like carlos sainz was like uh, chucked out in the before the first turn as well like he crashed out it was a very exciting uh, race so yeah i just had so much fun it's it's a very uh, gotham we we have to do this again next year because i mean obviously i was there alone but it was yeah. such a fun group event like if you have a, you know a group of folks there is like live music happening so green day were performing the day pre- prior and that day evening shakil onil was djing so uh, and it's like this music this food and for those who are really interested in sport right so it's it's like a proper fest unlike it's a, it's a very uh, unlike other sport experience so it was pretty fantastic it was an exciting race and uh, my favorite moment was uh, you know so we were at turn 6 which is basically this s turn so you can really see these yes. cars for a long time so and then they were going front of us and every lap uh, you know latifi would come trailing at the end and the whole crowd would go crazy cheering for him because he was like so off in the race like he would come at when he would be the only car at when he was coming So it's probably lapped also at some point. Yeah, and it was, it was it was just a lot of fun. Uh, it was a crazy race. Max won. What do you make of the cars and the sounds it that was... they made? Is it as loud because I was at a NASCAR uh, event, so not a NASCAR, I was at an Indy 500 event uh in Indianapolis and the it, they were loud. The cars were pretty loud. What do you make of the cars? These cars are loud to be honest. Uh, uh but again, uh, because we were at this S, we were pretty offset from you know the main track it was it was a fair distance uh, from the main track but you know you can imagine and because it was an s they were not probably at max speed right so i think that that s is like it's a beautiful s it's it's you you're not yeah. flat out but you're pretty uh, pretty uh, fast so it, it was it was very interesting so uh, the only i really enjoyed the whole experience The only thing I felt was, uh, and this maybe because of my cheap tickets, I was on the grass. Like you know, if you got a grandstand or something, uh, you can see I think a larger section of the track, just because you are at an elevation. Uh, but then, at, you know, there were points when you see just cars streak, and then you're wondering what's happening. So you're looking back at the big screen to actually figure out uh, what's happening in the race. So uh, yeah. it was pretty interesting. Max was tap in one. right he had a crazy 11 second pit stop and somehow still and it was on that track that red bull took the constructors uh, championship too so i had a blast it was it was so much fun i'm glad i made that uh, late night rash decision to book tickets it was a lot of fun uh, so again yeah coming back it took hours and hours and hours just because of the number of folks that were there so but you know i had a blast sometimes a uh, being inebriated helps aniket <laughs> yeah the, sometimes there is any advantage of being inebriated <laughs> i guess that's the it's time, time like unfortunately I, was, i like i said i was not well planned so i was ex- excruciatingly sober but it was beautiful weather it was uh, one of yeah. those times in austin where uh, it was just perfect for formula 1 and then i realized like how after getting there how technical the circuit of america's track is so uh you know the wind direction changes from turn to turn so and i think we used to be, people saw valtteri bottas go out because of the winds and stuff like that so you could see the he flag. got stuck in gravel didn't he i think so he went off because again he it had so the good part was in my my section you could see max and then lewis right behind him and then charles behind him 
but there was no the crazy action happening because it was not a overtaking point or anything but uh yeah no every time charles went i shouted go charles i hope <laughs> i'm pretty yeah, i'm sure, sure he heard you <laughs> yeah so it was fun so uh, but uh so it was a full day experience for you right it from was morning full day. to so evening i i, I yeah. reached the track at about 10:30 a.m and i uh the race was done by about 3 for 4 i would say but by the time i got back it was like 9 9:30 i mean it was uh just traffic everything so it was a day and uh, were you at the podium at all or was there no access no there? no no <laughs> so what happened was i just i just saw the number of sheer number of people and i realized like getting out of here is going to be crazy so i i i tried to i tried to act really smart and like you know as soon as the victory was done i'm like okay let me find my way out i asked some of the staff to my way out it turns out they kept saying go straight go straight one person didn't even let me finish he's like just go straight and i somehow went in a completely wrong direction and i reached the interstate highways so and then i had to like walk about a 3 mile again to come back so is karma so i tried to act smart but karma got the better of me and then i waited in the line like everyone else did so yeah yeah that's uh, wherever uh, all the staff in these races or huge events are just just all they are thinking about is let me get them out of where my jurisdiction is <laughs> yeah. let me get them out of my sight and that uh, means i'm done with them right yeah. it's the sheer number of people in these in these events man yeah. i was at i was in indianapolis as i said for indy 500 i think there are about 200000 people there and every if you didn't know your way back all you had to do was follow the herd follow the crowd because the staff were just like just go just go get off my, get out of my side right? <laughs> yeah but i'm sure yeah. you got to experience that did you get a chance to uh, uh meet or not meet i guess look at any other celebrities uh, did you look at drivers without the helmets actual faces of the drivers did they so, do a lap of some kind at the beginning yeah so i was there for the uh, you know before the formation lap everyone does one lap and then at the end again all drivers are waving and going but that's about it uh, i didn't like bother going towards the uh, paddock you know so uh, but every second uh, shot was brad pitt so apparently brad pitt was there and uh, he's filming some secret formula 1 movie that no one knows about but everyone knows okay. about okay so uh, the f1 tv was just like you know there was some crazy racing going on and suddenly they panned to brad pitt like i'm like come on guys so uh, <laughs> but yeah it's it is a formula 1 race not everybody is there to actually look at the race there's so many things going on around Exa- formula 1 exactly and that's why i said it's like a perfect weekend even if you're not a sports enthusiast you go for the music the food and there's just so many things to do there so it's it's a huge arena and it's fun yeah no i look forward to having you next time and we'll all go as a we should have fun. we should we should have it i'm 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 glad you uh uh cheered on for uh, Charles Leclerc on behalf of Lippi as well yeah <laughs> so it was fun uh, and again let's not forget there was some crazy racing that happened uh, you know so Charles and Max were battling it out there was a switcheroo between them so that was, was great yeah it was some good racing and uh, finally man Max was stepping he won and uh, it was a very contrast to the Mexico Grand Prix which happened last weekend which was just straightforward comfortable 15 second win uh, to uh, for max verstappen but hey he is now a record holder at age of 25 he holds 14 wins in a season the highest ever so and man he's he's good like 
you you realize how good how consistent he's been through this year obviously mercedes messed up with their strategy but again the funny thing was uh, you know now mercedes i uh, someone in a podcast maybe me and lipi were joking about it that uh, mercedes is closer to ferrari than ever before 40 points in the constructors so yeah. uh, i won't be surprised if they overtake if they do this last ditch overtake of uh, and ferrari ends up in third and that makes a difference of a few million dollars anyway so that's huge exactly and uh, it's big amount right so the way this works is basically so uh, f1 cars also f1 team sorry they also get something called uh, a wind tunnel allocation right so how long you spend uh, to design your car and uh, the winner is gets the least amount of time and the loser gets the most right just to even the field up so williams typically if they come last they will get uh, the maximum wind tunnel time and uh, so on so uh, yeah and all this uh, basically so this is this is side track to the accepted breach agreement right so basically yeah tell us about the whole red bull saga with their upgrades and spend and all of that yeah so basically f1 wanted to cap the spending of a team so it's been capped at 141.2 million dollars and two teams uh, it's called the aba accepted breach agreement red bull and aston martin were basically punished so if i in all fairness if i came out saying there was no malpractice uh, you know or, or unintentional trying to cheat but it was basically wrong interpretation of the rules they had their own interpretation so they got some columns left right and you know balancing budgets but what that led to was red bull being fined i think 7 million dollars and 10% of their uh, uh, what do you call uh cfd time which is a wind tunnel time right so 10% which christian honor came out saying apparently it's a big deal i don't uh, i'll we'll put yeah, a he link. made a whole big deal about it yeah and it is a, i mean i was listening to it there's an f1 explainer on that the f1 channel has an explainer on that so we'll link it below you can watch it it's a 10 minute video but they kind of talk about what actually happened and so it's going to cost the t i mean according to christian honor it's going to cost about 0.5 seconds uh of lap time so which is a big deal that's the estimate again i'm i'm sure they're also over exaggerating so even if it's not 0.5 it's 0.2 but the way things are it could it could really have a difference but let's see so the good news is uh that FIA confirmed that no one acted in bad faith so that's there and Aston Martin and Red Bull have both been uh punished so and basically they were punished Red Bull was punished for spending i think 1.8 million pounds over the accepted limit of 141.2 it it so all of this seems to be a big deal especially because but then for uh, christian honor everything is a big deal uh, that that's how he operates that's how he <laughs> that's how his that's how he works that's how his mind works that's how you so win man like, that's how so, you win that's yeah. absolutely no i'm not he's at he's at this stage because he's been that way right so yeah. he's always he's always going to be uh for a lack of a better word whining about things that go against him yeah uh, because he's so competitive so but i think this other than the second and third constructors places and the drivers shuffling in the paddock this season for me is pretty much over otherwise right you know who the constructors champion is who you know who the yeah. uh, drivers champion is so uh, as far as those things go uh, it's pretty much done but it we'll see some of the stories developing as and when they come up as you said max verstappen had a very very comfortable uneventful mexico grand prix so we'll see where that uh, we'll see where the how many races are left two or three more to go aniket i think i think the two 
two more. Yeah, two, one right? Is, There's, is, one is Brazil, Brazil right? which is next. Yeah. And then uh, I think, uh, what is there? Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi, right? Yeah. They closed it out in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I think so. So that's what okay, is there. So. But what's interesting is now the title is sealed, but what happens to the midfield, right? Again, because money, honey. So uh, depending yeah. on your position, you're given your earnings and money. So I think McLaren and uh, uh, Alpine are racing out. Fernando Alonso had a heartbreaking uh, DNF. Failure, mechanical so, failure. Yeah, yeah again, uh, which is sad, but Let's see where it goes. It's going to be interesting. What happens to Ferrari? Ferrari, again, I don't know if they'll ever they'll come back from this. Let's hope they do. That's the dream. Uh, let's see. Mercedes are definitely on the up. So. Cool. Uh, let's, let us, uh, I want to quickly talk about basketball, uh, Aniket. Let's move on to NBA, if, if you will. Let's go. So, I want to talk about not not what's happening as far as the games and all of those go because it's still early days it's it's again a long nba season we are re- literally at the start uh each but team plays with, 82 games with that being said did you catch the nuggets uh versus lakers game no i did not it was too i'm, I'm in india so it's oh too, yeah it was too early for me so for the change game, i so. i caught the i mean obviously i caught the recording of it not the yeah the yeah game, but uh it was a nice game i saw your man uh, from Denver Nuggets, Jokic. Uh, Jokic, Manny is good, but again, Lakers won, and uh, I think there was a comeback because uh, Nuggets were leading uh, early on, and then Lakers yeah. uh, managed. Well, the Lakers Russell are Westbrook, miserable. Russell Westbrook and uh, who's uh, Davis and Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Yeah. yeah, they were. I think they both are on on their game that day, and they they get. I think it's their first win this time. So, yeah. Yeah, so the Lakers are, uh, they've played, what, six games so far? They've won just one. This was their first game, first win of the season. And they're sitting firmly at the bottom of the table. Now, as I said, it's still early days, 82 games uh, per season for each team. Uh, but Lakers have a miserable, bad side, a bad team this time. They they need to have shooters around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis should play well. He hasn't shown any signs that he's improved from last year. He had a good day, good game against the Nuggets, but we'll see what happens. LeBron James is not a young buck anymore, so he needs some support around him. You need shooters around him, but they don't have any shooters. Russell Westbrook is more of a liability than an asset to uh, any team that he's on right now because that's the way he plays. He's a high-usage guy who is not as productive, and he does not fit with the Lakers one bit. So uh, all of this makes him makes the team very bad. So, I don't have any hopes. If they make the playoffs this time around, that's great. I don't think they will. Um, That's as far as the Lakers go. But I really want to talk about uh, the whole concept of leadership, right? So, uh, around, I want to talk about one, uh, around one player who is Kyrie Irving. Now, for those of uh, the listeners who don't know who Kyrie Irving is, he's a point guard who plays for uh, Brooklyn Nets. Now, if you remember when LeBron James uh, won his... uh, third or the fourth championship no the third championship when he came back to cleveland he was kyrie irving was like the second man the second guy uh he's he's a great great player uh, now he wanted to be his own man he wanted to be out of lebron james's shadow so he moved he got himself traded to another team called the boston celtics he proved to be uh, a very bad leader he's very outspoken he has he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist now He's the guy, I don't know if the listeners are aware or if you remember, he's the guy who, who said, uh, you know, who, who bought into the earth is flat uh, theories. Um, 
he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist he follows he he has all of these weird stances now he did not prove yeah. uh, prove to be a good player he promised that he's going to be there for four years for sure he's, he said he was going to be a celtic for life but immediately next year because his team didn't play well or he was quote unquote not happy there he moved uh, he may he moved to brooklyn or the brooklyn nets was, and was paid he, up with uh, was he traded uh, remind me again with simmons or uh, with someone uh, no 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 he did not get traded he got himself traded out of uh, boston to brooklyn okay uh, because that's the whole player empowerment thing so even if you're under contract for a certain team you can still wiggle your way through a way out of that team because you'll say you know look i know i have two or two years left or one year left on my contract but just know that after one year i'm just gone i'm not going to be in uh, in, in wherever i am right now so it's better for you the management to trade me ahead of time so that you can get something out of my trade right okay. so that's how the whole player empowerment thing is working so anyway he gets himself traded to brooklyn as i said he has is he has a lot of weird outspoken thoughts uh, and the, out of which the most recent one was that he he did not want to use the word promote but he said he he posted something on his twitter timeline he posted a an amazon uh, it was a documentary or something which is uh, it was a movie it okay. was a movie on amazon he linked it and and essentially promoted the film on his twitter timeline as apparently this movie i haven't seen it but by all accounts it is widely seen as being anti-semitic yeah i saw that uh so as soon as he posted immediately the team distanced themselves from that post the owner of the team who yeah. josai he's by the way he's a chinese guy um who is who never speaks out at all he publicly came out on this on twitter and said uh I do not support what Kyrie just said and that he was disappointed NBA the league came out and said that they don't ascribe to any uh, sentiments or sorry any views that hurt sentiments of communities and then uh, he also posted I think a few days ago he also posted something on his Twitter timeline about something that Alec uh, Alex Jones posted now Alex Jones if again <laughs> listeners don't know he's a he's a bit of a nut Yeah. He he has all of these conspiracy theories whirling around. He he feels like everybody is out to get him and them. He feels like the government is going to take over and they're going to breach or infringe upon the individual rights and he's like a classic case of uh, an American conspiracy theorist, right? So he uh now he post uh, Kyrie Irving posted a video of Alex Jones that he did in 2002 or something uh agreeing to some of his views. Now, if you know Alex Jones as I just said, nobody nobody does anything remotely uh subscribing to Alex Jones or promoting any of his material because he's what he is. But anyway, all and, of this let me forget recently I think he was uh fined as well uh, by one of correct. the courts of some hefty amount. So it was not like Yeah, because uh, he said uh, the uh, there was a brutal awful shooting of uh, children i think in sandy hook i think that's the school yeah. uh, and he came out and said the whole thing is a hoax so uh, yeah is 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 that level of nut right yeah. so he, he and so uh, he they took him to court and he had to pay a hefty hefty fine so this is the alex jones that we are talking about that kyrie having promoted and needless to say uh, there is a there was a bit of, there is a severe backlash uh, against Kyrie Irving after he posted uh, this movie on his timeline now he came out gave a press conference and essentially said 
he stands by his beliefs i'm not going to apologize for anything it is what it is but i never meant to hurt anybody's sentiments that he respects all jews and he gave a blanket statement and fell short of apologizing also remember this was this is the same guy uh who did not take the vaccine and he took a stance that he's not going to take the vaccine because i think he thought that whatever he thought he, as i said he's a bit yeah. yeah he was a bit of a conspiracy theorist and he thought you know somebody's out to get him if he injects something into his body so uh he took a stance which meant that he was not available to play for half of the games last season uh and then he uh, then when the restrictions were finally lifted in the playoffs he he was a bit of a no show once he played so uh all of this said i i i want to speak i want to talk about the leadership aspect in all of this right now kairi when he left uh, cleveland he said he wanted to be a leader he wanted to be a man uh, he wanted to be a, a a a man of his own making he wanted to lead the side which he did not because he had a bunch of young guys uh, in boston but he fell short he was a very bad leader and he had he was outspoken in his views he was always getting onto something then he moved to brooklyn with kevin durant and he said you know kevin durant and i are going to with with the owner are going to manage this team and he said he's going to be a good leader and so on and now again he did not play half of the games last year he felt if he was a uh, and if he had, if he was a good leader he wanted to be a good leader this season he's definitely not proving to be a good leader now if you are kevin durant you are the best player on the side you tend to be the best players usually tend to be usually tend to be leaders on individual teams but clearly kevin durant doesn't seem to be the leader that he needs to be because if you are a good leader you would have reined kyrian and said look man we are out to win a title title this year it's about sports first and then your views are your views i agree with that but don't forget what your prize is don't forget what the goal is but i think kyrie believes in a higher attainment of something so he's he's a weird guy so uh, leadership comes into all of these things right how important do you think I'm not talking about the coach or the management because that's a different kind of leadership but within the team itself how important is it to have a leader among your peers I mean again uh, you know this is an age old question and there is only one answer to it it's supremely important to have a leader who can step up but then I I think this is uh, more than leadership uh, and is my opinion because this is the world of social media right if if there was no twitter he would maybe hold on to these thoughts maybe write it in some blog somewhere and nobody would care nobody would read uh well i mean they are sad thoughts i don't agree with his thoughts but uh it is what it is like uh, yeah i i don't know what more to say uh, apart from the fact that uh yeah, it's it's unfortunate and he should be he should be taken uh you know under someone's wing and someone should maybe guide him but then he's he's big enough where he's it's not the first time he's doing it right so like you you've said it's it's uh it's not the right word but a repeat offender you know so he's done it multiple times so at that point what do you do i mean who what can anyone do uh clearly this is more important to him than the basketball right so because he was ready to sacrifice for the vaccine of yes. the theory of not taking vaccine he's ready to sacrifice the thing i believe he dearly loves basketball right that's why he's there so if you if you are that hell bent on uh or you have such strong opinions then i mean i don't know what what can one do also remember these guys uh, i don't want to bring the money aspect in but we should because these guys are paid huge amounts of money every year uh, to play now 
because of the vaccine he did not play half of the games but this is all guaranteed money that he's getting so if you are the employer right if you are the brooklyn nets uh, management or the owner you would expect kairi to play because they are paying you and the expectation is for the a player of especially of kairi's caliber because he's so important to the team that he plays every game that he can now if he gets suspended now if he does not if he if he does not play games because he's taking a particular stance if you're your employer yeah he he has the right to do what he does but at some point you're going to get tired and say look i'm not going to give you all this money not to play now he was due for an extension uh, an extension this year but i don't they, they did not give him a big contract because they knew that he was going to be a little uh, volatile uh, so they, i think yeah. he got yeah i think he got like a one year extension of some kind which 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 to me is fair right so which is why i think if if you are kevin durant and if you are really intent and if you are in a team setup right it is the responsibility of leader to bring everybody together and make sure that everybody is on the same page yes uh, i agree with that statement uh, the question is it's very difficult to bring some people who are so far off on yeah. one end to bring them on the same page uh, i don't know what more to say yeah uh, it's yeah you you are dealing with various personalities in a team setup yes yeah. but um it is hard now kevin durant if you think he he's he's in his own plane as well because he tried to uh, he want to get out of brooklyn this year because he was not satisfied with the management so he was not happy with the coach steve nash that he himself approved to be the coach uh so he wanted steve nash out he wanted uh, the general manager out as well so that did not happen because josai the owner said is going to stick to his stance kevin durant is i think he has 3 years left on his contract so he said it ain't happening and it not happen but still it's uh, i said the lakers are miserable so the brooklyn nets are miserable i think they won one or two games this year and out of six or seven they had a, they have a bad bad start to the season again it's something it's always something that goes on within the nba this is especially off the court uh, but this is, is one thing in general right like when you say this it, it first thing that comes to my mind is this has happened even in football right uh, for example yeah. uh, obviously spoke about mbappe last week Yeah we spoke about Mbappe we spoke about like uh, I don't know if we spoke about but we should talk about like Mario Balotelli he was eccentric a little bit um, for all the technique talent that he had and obviously he was not as big as Mbappe so you know he could be shoved aside and the team could still do well without him but yes. then this becomes a it's kind of the same discussion we had last time right how important is your player to you and uh, it's a two way street what is your player willing to let go to play for the team and what you are willing to let go for the player so that he can make you win it's uh, it's a two way street and uh, i'm curious to see and also when you're in a team setup it's about self sacrifice right what do i have to give up to make my team better right. what should i keep aside from my uh, own character from my own liking that for the betterment of the team i don't think kairi is doing that right now yeah and actually this statement you said takes me to one of your recommendations the redeem team so i sat and watched it and what a fantastic uh, watch it was and this reminds me of uh, kobe bryant you know it was so nice to see him uh, in the documentary because uh, the usa team actually one night they go for partying right and this is a small seg- segment yeah. of it where they're coming back at 5 am in vegas they're partying and while they're walking to the rooms they see kobe's already sweating and heading to the gym and uh, lebron was like holy shit and uh, you know seeing him the next day uh, you know all these guys lebron and others showed up to the gym and that that is one way of leadership right so 
you yeah. so that day next day onwards morning early morning all these folks you know report to the gym and show up so that's one way but then it's again it's personality of folks right so it's a it's a tough state it's a tough situation for even the team i feel bad for them uh, yeah but i i honestly don't because i think that is something that they should have been able to remedy but they're not able to but i think i think they should have a i mean personal opinion i think they should have a stronger stand on this on this particular issue like especially yeah. when someone's doing it time and again he did himself no favors to the celtic as well so yeah. when you see this kind of behavior i think the team should be able to make it should be in a position to make a call and say like you know what actually screw it you know we we might might as well go in the draft and pick a kid up who has more prospects you know so yeah but then it's it, they yeah, but most of these teams need immediate results so they they are always in search of a superstar so uh if there is an if if there is somebody available they're going to get him so yeah as i said uh this is something of a cliche but we'll see what happens but as i said uh this is a an ever ending story with career thing i think it's going this is going to continue as long as he plays basketball yeah and also let's just put his uh, voice note of his press conference in there like when he if he can so because he defended himself and he said it's you know he and i think he sees he used the word i was not promoting it it was something i just put up Uh, right right so it, the, the, just that. because i put up he said it doesn't mean i'm promoting it and yeah. he got into it with the reporter yeah so something to that effect and let's play that but yeah this is a very interesting uh, yeah interesting situation that broke out off field right so we had last year last last time we had someone punching someone and this time <laughs> yeah <we have>, uh, <laughs> excuse me a lot of off field dramatics but it's sport it comes we are humans we play we are a part of society so this is this, it's a snippet of our society this is how our society is yep exactly so uh, i think we should uh, put a bow on this uh, on that topic uh, aniket do if you if, if you have anything else no nothing more just the standard pitch to ask the folks to pay to keep news free and yes. keep your media independent we're seeing uh, you know uh, unfortunate uh, scenes in the media and it's time you you pay and help democracy thrive because this is the only way exactly please go to newsonly.com hit the subscribe button uh, there is a lot of stuff that you can find lot of content uh, i'm talking like a youtube personality now uh, so just fi- go to newsonly.com find whatever you want please hit the subscribe button if you are not a subscriber already uh podcasts news reports ground reports videos and some fantastic interviews we must uh, plug in manisha's interview with sudha bharadwaj i uh, really liked it i don't know if you have seen it gautam if you've not i have not go. watched it yet it's on my list yes you should go check and i think out. there's one more uh, i want to watch with uh, tavleen singh i think she interviewed yes that's a, that's a nice one too so Uh, a lot of interesting ground reports coming up the whole uh, meta versus wire so news laundry had uh, a couple of reports on that so check it out this is a very interesting story yeah yeah so i think they discussed it in hafta as well so yes or hafta so yeah go uh, listen to independent media uh, subscribe to them and pay to keep news free and with that gotham do you have any recommendations for us Okay, I just have only one recommendation. It's called uh, it's a sports documentary uh, series called Untold. There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of uh, it's like a one hour episode, not an episode, but one hour uh, features of some untold sports stories. I think we discussed uh, 
there was a Hansi Kronia story in there. There's Marty Fish story, the tennis star from America. But there are other stories as well. Uh, they have a they have a couple of seasons. So do check it out. It's called Untold. What about you, Aniket? So my recommendation. I have two recommendations uh, this week. Uh, one is uh, it's called the Playbook. So it's basically a playbook of coaches. So I saw three episodes. One was Doc Rivers. You know, when he was with the LA Clippers and the whole scandal broke out and basically it goes back into time seeing his season with the Celtics of how they won. Uh, I think for the 16th time, if I'm not wrong, uh, they won 16th NBA championship. Title, and yeah. then uh, there's Jose Mourinho. So there's a lot of coaches in there. I saw just three episodes. That's one. And the other one that uh, I recommend is it's called Take the Ball, Pass the Ball. So it's a Netflix, uh, it's on Netflix and it's basically about football club Barcelona under Pep Guardiola. So it made me realize why I fell in love with this team in the first place. It takes you back into time. It breaks it down. Where can I find that? Is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Okay. So, uh, I'm just loving, uh, you know, all these streaming platforms, Netflix, Amazon for the sports stuff they're putting out. It's just fantastic. You know, to be able to listen to these players, be a fly on the wall in a dressing room. These yeah. are, uh, yeah, I'm just loving this. So I'm. This is what I've been watching, and I say go watch it. Awesome. I think that is it for this episode, Aniket. We the the another episode is in the books. Uh, round thirty is in the books. I still can't believe it. But we will be back for round thirty one again. Uh, by that time, I think uh, we we the World Cup will be up. The T Twenty World Cup will be up. And the fo- the football World Cup will be around the corner. So exciting times in the sport. There's always something around the corner. There's nothing like a live sport, buddy. There is nothing. The finest form of entertainment. So. It is. It is. Uh, but uh, thanks to producer Lippy for producing this podcast. Until next time, Aniket, have a good uh, sports uh, weeks or days coming ahead. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.